Welcome to <laughs> super intense intro with that weird garage band suspense bass, it's called. Anyways, welcome to episode number five, guys, of the Bender Blend podcast. Uh, just want to say thank you all for listening. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, listen to us talk some shit. Anyways, this was a fun one. We sat down. I sat down with uh, Henry, Aaron, and Clint. No Gabby or Audrey on this. They'll be back. Miss you, ladies. Um, anyways, we sat down, chatted about storytelling, the importance of reading books, at least for me. Um, anyways, it was a fun one. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, hopefully this sounds pretty cool to your ears. Anyways, enjoy, guys. Thanks. That is a, that's a great opening. Ooh. Oh, oh, God. oh, it's so bad. Oh, oh no. No, terrible part. Just kidding. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, thanks Cheers. again. Ow. Oh, no. What am I doing? God. It's an epic learning. has got just problems. Problems. Um, What's it's new? A, it's a little boys club today. <laughs> no ladies with us. No Audrey or Gabby. Um, we'll make do, I guess. They miss us. <clears throat> yeah. We'll make do do. We'll make do do. Just um, noticing those are cool. Uh, like can shaped. Oh glasses. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I, I feel like they've been around a little bit, but yeah. maybe not. I've never seen them. And then I haven't either. My brother Thaddeus got this for me. But he's got one too. Right here. That slow brew got one too. <laughs> no schnitzel. This is true brewing. I think breweries are kind of catching on, and they're like, let's keep doing that. Yeah. I got an ant crawling on me or something. Sorry. <laughs> or I've just got creepy crawlies. Can't you guys see the bugs crawling on my skin? Um, I'm gonna just do a little, little photo set. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw my little text last night about what I was thinking about talking about today. Um, yeah, books, stories, reading, storytelling, stories, all-encompassing kind of thing, topic. Um, for me personally, I was I haven't read a physical book in a while, and I was like. Fuck, I need to read. I have a whole yeah. bookshelf, you know. I'm like, so I got. I went and picked up because I'm. I'm. I like fiction. I like to go disappear into a different world. But what I was thinking about was, I was like, huh? huh? I feel it. So I started rereading. No, let me rephrase that. I never read it. I audiobooked it, listened to it on a road trip with my buddy Prio once. It was David and Goliath, the uh, Malcolm Gladwell book. Oh, interesting. So. Mm. I'm rereading that, and I was like, fuck, like, it starts off about a story of the story of David and Goliath and how it gets misinterpreted. Pretty cool. I was like, it's it, within, you know, 20 minutes, I was, you know, I'm pretty fast reader, so I was deep into it already. I was like, fuck, I need to read more. Like, I, mm. I like reading. And I know, especially nowadays, it's, we're in the digital age. We're always on screens. So I get it when people are like, oh, I just have my Kindle. I'm like, it's fine, but go buy a book and like it's there's something about like holding that book and like mm-hmm. I don't know. it's like the difference between a you know physical media like a record yeah or a CD versus right. downloading a song yeah yeah exactly. the the idea of owning something real like having it be there not just kind of it's like there's so much music that I've lost over the years that just I don't have anymore and yeah. it, it feels like less important I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I have crates and crates. Yeah, I've got a couple crates. crates. <laughs> you know, like tons of CDs. Yeah. You know, they're stored away. Like, I might not want to listen to them now, but I 
they're there. Yeah. You know? It's always nice to have that little library. The of... hard copy of it. Yeah. 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 But books, it's, I don't know, I don't know if you guys are big readers or not. I, I kind of assume you guys are, but I, for me, it's always been like, that's something I always love to do. And when I get into a groove of reading, it's just like, fuck, I just go and go. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, obviously I've got to enjoy the story. And that kind of, that thought thread, I was like, storytelling is like a skill. It's like, it's really mm-hmm. important skill. And some of my favorite storytellers, it's just like, yeah, Stephen King's out there. He's might be one of my favorite of all time. Yeah. Um, his son, Joe Hill, is a badass storyteller. Hmm. I have not read anything by him. Oh, no, yeah. dude. Okay, so I've got, so later I was going to maybe pick your guys' brain a little bit too about if you guys, or just ask you if you guys have any two books to recommend to people listening, like hmm. just to go do and like that's kind of, so I've got my two books that I was thinking about. I was like, ah, here's some good recommendations because mm-hmm. a lot of people have not heard of Joe Hill because it's, he goes by Joe Hill mm-hmm. on purpose, kind of throw, like he did, he, it's my uncle's it's, name. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think the reasoning, and maybe I'm guessing, I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere where he was like, I'd rather people find me by my writing than by my last name. Because mm-hmm. if it's Joe King, it's like, I, either that or he's just, I can't remember if that's the real reason. But well, it's, then his name would be Joe King, Joe King. And that oh, might, and there is, a, I think that he talks about that too. Oh, like really? there's some, I don't know. I'm, I might be talking out my ass, but either way, so he's just king of the hill right now. Either way, he is king of the hill. But <laughs> if you guys have, I highly recommend his, his first book was called Heart Shaped Box, and it's mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil, but it's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Like it's he might he has a way of scaring me that his dad doesn't. Where, like, your wife just kind of, like, makes you overdose and then <laughs> frames you like a suicide? Is that, is that what it's about? No. Uh, oh, oh the heart-shaped box, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh. oh, no, I didn't even... I was like, what are you talking about? No. Um, no, it's... Without spoiling it's anything, it's about a... I don't know, I can't really say much cause without spoiling it. You just gotta read... The main character is a aging rock star like heavy metal rock star and he he runs into a unusual problem with a piece of um yeah he, he orders something online because it's kind of fits his what's it called heart-shaped box mm-hmm. so he he orders something and it turns out to be something very very not what he expected and it goes Shape starts going real bad. Sounds like very that much like cool. Pandora's box in a way, but with the musician instead. I like it. And it's like yeah, I'm not gonna say anything now because <laughs> people are like, "Who? What's Pandora's box?" Spoilers. <laughs> the story's been around for a long time. <laughs> All right. But I don't know. What do you guys? Do you guys have any? What do you guys? Feel, what do you guys? What do you think about like? I feel like reading for me took a definite backseat to all other mediums um, for a while and then um, other people would recommend a book and I'd kind of get on a kick of it again but I've always been such a visual person that like Mm -hmm. or even just like the audiobooks I fucking love just kind of it's sad to say, but taking the work out of reading (laughs) yeah, (laughs) where where you can just kind of experience the story but um, 
Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the book This Is Your Brain on Music is one of my favorite books of all time. It's about a guy who grew up, I don't think he really even finished high school, started working at a, for a record producer, basically just plugging stuff in at the mm-hmm. studio and slowly learning the business. And then he eventually went to college and studied uh, cognitive science and oh, okay. like brain chemistry and everything. So it does a really cool job as far as a nonfiction book about like, giving you why you like music in a uh, science capacity as well as a like musical capacity where he has a really great understanding of musical theory and science and Mm -hmm. like for somebody who like hasn't really studied either that extensively like it is he does a great way of breaking stuff down in really understandable terms and also has a cool story to tell that's awesome yeah yeah that's that sounds, I wrote that down. Do you remember the dude's name? I do chance? not, but yeah, the Google the it. yeah. Google it. Google it. Um, yeah, but it, it does a fantastic job. I I bought it at an airport at a, nice. during a layover once, and and I've I've been stuck on it. That's why I like I love seeing that in airports still that they're still they sell books, and that's where I bought a lot. That's where I read the Mar- I picked up the Martian, nice. and I read that on the flight, and I was like, this fucking great <clears> story. It's a I don't know. There's, what do you think, Clint? How do you how do you feel about it? Do you, do you have... um, I don't know, man. I'm guilty of not being like kind of like Henry. I haven't read in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like true crime. Okay, that is always just super interesting to me. I tend to lean towards more towards nonfiction. Okay, good nonfiction story is to me way more compelling than even if it's a wonderful fiction story. If it actually happened, it you know it has more of an impact upon me than than a, a fictional story. <clears throat> um, well, you're fucking rotten on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, but you know, it's yeah. like huh? no. There's something interesting about like if a really good writer can take something like a historical event and weave it into like a, a thing that's interesting and riveting mm-hmm. that you want to mm-hmm. continue yeah, learning about um, with, as opposed to like how history books are often written like as far as like textbooks growing up in school it is literally just the information there's no kind of drive behind the story that is yeah the it's, and it's highly uh, you know the information that's given has been just you know gone through filter after filter after filter so by the time it gets to the book it's just a completely manipulated diluted version of what probably really is the truth you know or like yeah you have four paragraphs for the war of 1812 it's like <laughs> yeah. well that's uh <laughs> yeah i have to give just bullet points on that right <laughs> that'll be in the test yeah uh, yeah that's interesting i yeah i mean i don't i i can't I get yeah. That's I'm glad that you have that perspective because it'll give us. It, it goes back to the important point of like being able to tell that story, true or not, is really important in how it's told, and like that's mm-hmm. a skill. Mm-hmm. Story, good storytelling is. It's when it's. It's almost hard to put your. You just know when it's good. It's, mm-hmm. it's if it keeps you. When you can hear the voice of yeah. the story, like in your head, without yeah. like having to just like read it, it's like yeah. it's coming at you. A good story is relatable. But there's something to be said for fiction too because it can take you to a place that doesn't exist that you can, you know, you can only see in your, with your Mm -hmm. mind's eye. Um, 
it's it's open to interpretation a little more like music or mm-hmm. other things where you know you guys could read the same story about a certain place and then you know both of you could paint a picture of the place that, in this book and all different yeah. totally different mm-hmm. and you know what i mean which i think is cool yeah but there's something it's definitely something to be said about a great story but i think that if it's a great story that either is true or based mostly right. on true things and that just has just for me anyways more yeah, like, that's, well, that's, that's so crazy you know? that's, that's where you're you gravitate towards it okay and that's I'm see so yeah, that's what I'm trying to learn to learn teach myself to do like it's it's my natural instinct is to just like get away from the real world because mm. maybe I just think too much I well no duh I overthink everything mm-hmm. so sometimes I think for me the and maybe and I'll I'll credit my mom my mom and dad like they we didn't have TV growing up so we we read and it was like for whatever reason that was maybe ingrained it's like I have that I this is how I find my imagination and and then TV happened and I'm like it's a weird so maybe that set me up for wanting to go you know get out of reality a little bit or yeah. I don't know if that has any I'm sure it does but no totally it's I don't know that's like I said I'm, I'm learning and I'm teaching myself to enjoy the the tr- the uh, nonfiction stuff like there are some awesome stories um, I just I'm I'm really I have to like force myself to seek them out and also I like the recommendations of other people because somebody recommends a book that I it's like you're a friend I, I trust their judgment and I'm like yeah. okay I'll go check that out and most of the time I've been pl- you know I've, it's been right on money it's like mm-hmm. that is a great story and I'm and a lot of it is there's a lot of those true stories that I've never heard of yeah um, I mean that's essentially I mean history is stories that are mostly probably close to true yeah. <laughs> right yeah, yeah like I mean, listening to like the, the if you were to just like lay out this story so what came to mind I again I'm gonna plug it if you haven't listened to it listen to Dan Carlin's hardcore history on the on the Mongols and Genghis Khan like that story is fucking fascinating mm. and the way he tells so that his important role as a historian he's not a historian he, he'll say that but he's I've learned more from that dude than <laughs> he's an avid history enthusiast he's, he is and he te- and he's the way he tell he tells it he tells the story well so that's there's that importance of like the storyteller and I always, I've always considered myself a decent storyteller um, I love this. Like, even and you know, and I think comedians can fall into that category as well. They they're storytellers. A lot of them mm-hmm. are telling stories with a lot of emphasis. Mm-hmm. Emphasis <laughs> on the wrong syllable, but I don't know. It's I've I, I'm I've been nerding out lately on just the whole I like get rereading and read it, look into my books and just be like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I get into a mode. I'm like, I gotta read again. I gotta mm-hmm. read again. It's important. I get so caught up in the again yeah like the hoopla I love watching movies and shit like I love that but for where I am right now and for this episode I was like we need to talk about that and get some get people's brains like yeah go and I know people struggle with reading and so I'm not telling people like I'm not I I don't want to ever 
come off as like, oh, if you don't read an actual book, you listen to books. Like, fuck you. It's not. It's not like that. You probably don't play <laughs> records either, do you? Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. Hopefully, it never comes off that way. But for me, I get I dork out when I can hold a book, and mm-hmm. like that's that's where I get a little more enjoyment. But I think it's good exercise for your imagination yeah. because yeah, even agree. even on an audio book, like it is. You are being handed parts of yeah. the picture you're supposed to see in your head, whereas, like in in your mind, like I, I remember growing up, uh, I would always listen to the Harry Potter books for mm-hmm. a while, and people would have different ways of pronouncing things, different ideas for like, like what people sounded Sound. like, and like mm-hmm. I always had these like clear definitions from the. Um, uh, what was his name? Jim something. Oh God. Um, I'll, I'll look it up, but, um, that was always like, I had these set roles in my mind, but if I, when I read other books and like, uh, when I read, uh, The Hobbit as a kid, like I always had like very different ideas of what things would be. And that's why people get so passionately angry at movies that are based on books is because they've spent time kind of developing in their mind yeah. this entire world um, based solely on text yep. which is pretty incredible um, it becomes yeah. like a dystopia of what they actually believe in when yeah. they watch the movie they're just like this is trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah I mean I, I, I struggle with that a lot because I I'm usually and of course here comes that oh the book is so much better than the movie and and here's why. But some people just say that and they don't explain why. It's like, here's for me why. There's so much little details in the book that they can't translate onto the screen yeah, that, the they, screen, that yeah. you miss out on really important, especially for characters. Mm-hmm. Like Stephen King has his best... He writes um, people so well that it's it's weird like you're like I think I know someone like that I think I've mentioned this before like how his that's his for me his biggest strength is telling the story with the characters being the like that's they're all central like of course like this is what's happening to these characters that you now know really well because I wrote them so well now let me throw them in this story and it's and in the books, he, he gets, you know, he'll take fucking 30 pages to explain someone's backstory. Yeah. And in the movie, they're just like, <clears throat> eh, just throw a little two minute. And I get that. I, you can't have everything in there. But that's where I'm more excited to see, like, Netflix doing the right way of saying, oh, you're a fan of that? Yeah. And it was a they book. toss you in. Make it. Yeah. Go make it the way you want to make it. But make it a series. Yeah, make it a series. So you can now actually delve into that yeah. stuff. Yeah, so yeah. that's... I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying seeing that happening more and more where they can take the time, but... You know, and also, if... A lot of times, like, if I see something coming coming out as an adaptation, I'm like, ah, maybe I'll skip that. Well, I'm a big fan of not doing origin movies, if anything. I prefer the ones <laughs> that, like, just toss you into because if you actually want to consider yourself, Especially like, an Batman. avid, yeah, yeah. An avid fan of it, you We've want seen to the be pearls fall in the alley. <laughs> what, what is that? Uh, clarify for me what is an origin movie? Uh, like, an origin story where it's, like, takes you from point A, like, how they began to then what makes them who they are now and then a little snippet of 
like some type of trial that they have to face. That's it's, like an orange origin story. It's like Spider-Man yeah. watching Uncle Ben die yeah. in, it, in all of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And they, uh, they didn't do it in the most recent one. The and it was yeah. probably the, the best choice yeah. because that would have ate up minimum like 30, 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And they just decided that like you all know it and if you yeah. don't, you there's go, plenty yeah. of material, material to out go over. There. Yeah, no, and I love that because if anything, that's just like a call back to, hey, guess what? We have this movie out here that kind of explains or gives in detail what everything looks like, but if you want to know more, go back and read. There's source do, material. Do there. that yeah. archaic method and read because you might actually find out or find something that is like a little bit more deeper of an investment by doing so. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, when I read my books, it used to be one of those things that I did it in spite of being grounded from yeah. Uh, yeah. TV or video games. They're like, you can't have any fun. I was like, fuck you guys. I'll just read a book and have fun like that. And they're like, well, can't take that away from you because that's actually educating. I'm like, that's right. Well, and exactly. <laughs> it's not just educating, but I wrote this down because just the act of me physically reading words on a page mm-hmm. get I wrote, I wrote it was like it makes me my mind feel elastic yeah. I'm like oh that was a good stretch yeah. I just mm-hmm. stretched my yeah. brain out and the way I think and communicate effectively because yeah. I think a lot of communication is suffers nowadays because lack of reading the lack of reading <laughs> abbreviation of everything right it's that it's like go read a fucking Lol. full sentence mom <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like fucking Emma LMAO <laughs> dude someone sent me a text the other night and it was it was blah, something on L it was LMAO le- it was letter and yeah. I was like I don't know what that means yeah no fucking and then I sat and I was like what could that mean and it said location to be determined LTBD Whoa. Like, well, I don't, I, that, fuck you. Like, no. That's not, acronyms. Just well, I like know. acronyms as much as the next guy, but, you know. <laughs> but there, but there's, there's something, to just, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> part of me fully embraces all the technological advances. Of course, a lot of it is doing a lot of good. Well, we've just become lazy, though, too. Yeah, I mean, it makes us lazy. I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm better than that. It's like, I'm very, but I'm trying to break out of that again by owning, like, going and going into fucking, what's that? Barnes and Noble, like, or, or any bookstore. Like, there's something about, like, for me, it's like, and I encourage people to do it. I'm like, go in there, like, see, go look at covers, because cover art can be cool, just like album covers. Like, mm-hmm. It might draw you in and you might crack that open. There's something about that physical book that's just, I don't know, it's special. Yeah. And I think people... I think language has a big thing about it too, though, because the English language, Mm -hmm. at least the one that we use currently, can be a little bit on that lazy side as well. When you try to... (laughs) I mean, what was it? Uh, Yeah. What was the one movie that, oh my God, Robin Williams was in, like Dead Poets or something like that? Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, and this is really just paraphrasing because it's probably been like over 10 years since I've actually watched the movie, just like his definition on how he used words, right? Mm -hmm. We've become really lazy using accenting words like more or most and stuff like that where you add it on. It's like additions to things. I know what scene you're talking about. And where we could be using words that actually exist that actually emphasize certain qualities of what we might be going through it's like you can't be more tired you're just exhausted mm-hmm. instead and but we choose to use these accenting words because it's just 
easier for us. Yeah. Well, it would be like saying <laughs> something that's like, oh, what are you drinking? It's like, oh, it's like a red wine. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's a Cabernet. Yeah. Like, not to sound pretentious, no. but like that, you're using correct words for the right situations. Right. Define important. the things that are in front of you so that those around you don't have to ask as many questions, but then can also grasp for themselves the bigger picture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I love writers like Jules Verne. I mean, maybe that's like an oh, overstated yeah. or said thing because like a lot of people are kind of like, though. it's like the new hipster thing that people are just like, oh yeah, old novels, which I'm glad. Honestly, that's one movement that I'm all for is individuals reading things like Oscar Wilde and yeah. Jules Verne. Hell, even just Mark Twain stuff. That stuff's great. I love the old Huck Finn like, stories. Those were amazing. Um or no, Tom Sawyer, that's what it was, like, that anthology. Yeah. Super cool thing to read. Um, other well, things, no. let's see. Thanks, buddy. What was it, like, the... Is it The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or The Curious Case? I don't remember. Uh, I always get well, those well, on the mixed I up. I think it might just be Jekyll and Hyde. I think it's The Strange Case. The Strange Ass. Yeah. <laughs> the Strange Ass. No, you're right. Um. Uh, but no, just those things, they gloss upon certain scenarios that have... Thanks, buddy. Already, oh yeah, no, it's the strange case, strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Um, yeah, no, they gloss over things that happen in society, like historically, but in a way to where there we go, just like a patient little oh, pause for yeah. that. You okay? That's oh. just oh, relish drinking in that sound. Okay, yeah, I was like, he's either stroking out or. I was a little, a little bit of that too. Okay. Below the table. Um, it's just one of those. Don't lose your thought. No, no, I, I'm not. It's just, I was waiting for you guys, you know, being patient because that's a quality that we could all learn from. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I need to practice patience. It, it's that, hard. That comes with reading, yeah. like being patient yeah. when you read. Um, I'm, I get that, that that's a great exercise in patience mm-hmm. for me is to read a book because, <clears throat> especially a book I've never read before. If it's good, if it's a story that's good, I'm like, I want to hurry up and figure out what the end is yeah. of this story is. But that's a good thing for me. Yeah. And I got to I gotta just say, don't skip over shit. Don't skip a section because you might fucking lose something in that. And yep, absorption of what you're reading is I, kind of a hard thing to do. Ju- I, just, I, just saw, I just remembered and saw another quote from... It's a great movie, Dead Poets Society. It's, he says, don't, when you're reading... Don't just um, think about what the writer is thinking. What do you think? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's, it's an exercise. It's, it's a conversation mm-hmm. that only yourself can have with somebody that you may not ever meet because they might already be dead to begin with. But it's a conversation nonetheless. And it's one of those ones that it's, like you're saying, it makes your mind a little bit more elastic if anything it makes time elastic as well because we're able to read these things from individuals that we have never met before we can only imagine what they may be like in person and I think that's one of those things at least personality wise or just characteristics of individuals these days is we're starting to lack imagination instead we have everything spoon-fed to us and there is this dissonance on what we're capable of because we're so used to being told what we should be. Where when you're reading, you get that freedom mm-hmm. to decide what is and what isn't 
the things that you want to latch on to. I'm a big fan of like the narrative style of writing where it feels like someone's in the room talking with you, yeah. like kind of explaining what's yeah. going on because it's weird. It's you're reading a story, but it's like having someone tell you that story, but you're all you certain in their voice. Exactly. You hear it in yeah. their voice. Um, going back, tying back to how audience might feel about certain movies that are portraying what books are supposedly like. I can understand that, like they get mad about that because it's this friend that they've created for themselves that they've gotten intimate with in different kinds of settings, whether it be a coffee shop or their safety and sanctity of being in their own room or hell, maybe mm-hmm. in the shitter, who knows? You like to read a story while you're taking a dump, that's cool. I, I don't have the but, I don't take that long a chance. But sometimes people <laughs> like that freedom. I mean it's like the Harbor Freight catalog. That's the best. <laughs> I feel like people yeah, just find sanctuaries is what it no, is. Yeah, no, exactly. You're making a good point. That's that's how I felt. I mean, that's exactly... You nailed it. Like, I... Um, a great example of a adaptation just... And I tried to go into it with no bias, but I was like, I can't. Because I was like, you're doing a a movie is The Dark Tower Stephen mm-hmm. King it's yeah. seven books condensed into one book. and Jeez. it's like and I was nervous and I was like it's gonna suck probably or it might not it might be a cool mm-hmm. fit and I watched it and it was just not good yeah. but again I think part of that was they they literally had this huge body of work and instead of committing and being like alright we're gonna co- like as a studio we're going to commit to why these books sold and mm, yeah. leave some stuff that hasn't happened like have a build up to some mm-hmm. like to an actual climax over yeah. the course of these movies and there's just a, a big trend of like oh well if we just condense it all people will be satisfied at the end of it and yeah, that's not right. always what books are about sometimes mm-hmm. books leave you with a huge cliffhanger mm-hmm. and you have to wait until that author writes another book this is like, yeah. yeah I um, hate that yeah. yeah. Um, fucking A. Something to say. <laughs> oh, real quick though. Yeah. I want to say, fuck English teachers. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them. Because I, I have had yeah on a on a on a episode about books. I'm gonna go say it's fuck cool, English Why teachers. You, for your for the state your name and address. Yeah, my name is No, I I'm I'm gonna say this because I have had some great English teachers over the years and even the best ones that I've had have often fallen in the traps of telling you what the book is really about when oh, that yeah. author may have never fucking said that. Where it's like, well, this book is actually about this. I'm like, what if it's just a story? Like, yeah. there's, there's yeah. all sorts of ways to interpret it, but by telling somebody that their interpretation is wrong is yeah, it seems sucks. harmful to me. I agree like, with that. I, sure. I I disagree with that wholeheartedly, but it's the only way that they can quantify like how to put a grade on a test or something yeah. like that. And that's to me yeah. the exact opposite of what literature is supposed to do. Yeah. Like you're no, supposed I... to have interpretation unless it's nonfiction. And then you can definitely get into the analytics of like, all right, yeah. what what yeah. styles are they using to elicit this response from you? What are they pulling from? How are they doing this? That I think, like, I would love an English nonfiction class in high school, yeah. but then to have a like 
fiction literature class separate from that where it's way more interpretive. I think in high school, though, it's all about trying to provide that guidance to adolescents that are already just like, for yeah, the most part, shit, for the most part, <laughs> we're just all like, what do we really want to do with ourselves anyways? Like, I don't want to have to read about, was it the freaking albatross all day, man? Yeah. That's a lot to read. I think that high school <laughs> English teachers have a much tougher job now than they did when I was going to high school because when I was going to high school there was no such thing as cell phones mm. like if you had a pager you're a big fan <laughs> yeah Do dude I, mean? I know I, so that yeah, means that, yeah. that our attention span was a little more you know yeah. in the now kind of yeah. it wasn't so you know and and <clears throat> we actually had to read the shit yeah. you know what I mean like we couldn't just like look it up on whatever you yeah, know? yeah just get the spark notes yeah, <laughs> yeah like you know so yeah um, and that's not like a oh when I was your age you know it's not but I just was sort we of had thinking to walk about to the that library where, you know, and actually my English teacher was awesome he was this old hippie and my high school was pretty pretty chill it was this little valley town and we what was your English teacher's name do you remember Mr. Um, Mr. Mr. Snow. Mr. Snow. That's, that's a good And he had like curly hair. <laughs> he had Beatles posters all over the classroom. Nice. And we were watching, remember, we had just finished reading To Kill a Mockingbird. We oh, turned in our essays, and at the end, we'd always watch the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And so and his classroom was full of beanbags, and like, you know. Of course it was. So we we're like all laying on beanbags watching, and I, and I had a like a bag of weed in a in a rolled up in a ziploc and I had it tucked into my belt. Like kinda of poking out of my belt. And I was laying on a beanbag like with my hands over my head and my shirt rolled up and this bag of weed was just sticking out and he's like and he's sitting kinda of off to the side grading papers and he looks up and he goes, <clears throat> uh, Mr. Grubb and I look over and I'm like, Yeah He goes, Pull your shirt down And I'm like Oh, 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 like, dude's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but then he ended up actually—he actually ended up getting uh, fired for having sex with the student. Oh no! Uh, but I uh, rescind my shout out, Mr. Snow. But I think it was, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm sure it was that student just, you know, turning him on. At oh point. God, let's All please not. You know, just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Defend Snow. <laughs> so I have good memories of English teachers. Let it snow. No, Let I think it snow. that's an important point, though, about and and God knows why or how it happens, but yeah, that the point of like, what do you think this when when they ask you what do you think the writer was telling us here and then you're like oh I think it's this and they're like you're wrong and you're like no I'm not it's my opinion it's, it's no. subjective if it's like if someone is like let's take I don't know what's a classic uh, fucking Catcher in the Rye and someone's like it's about robots you'd be like okay yeah. asshole yeah but you obviously if someone is like oh, that your opinion can't be I mean you know what I mean that yeah. So that I get that point of to like certain English extent. teachers yeah. are like, uh, you get an F because you did. It's like, did did you did they read the assignment? And if that, I don't know. I I get what you meant. Well, yeah, you it's like that. it is literally yeah. the most open ended thing in the world, and yet they found mm-hmm. they found a way to put it in a box yeah. and yeah. to like keep yeah. it in. Like to keep you thinking about things one dimensionally, even when you, they they don't know. Like unless that author came out and said like, well, like yeah, like Cujo, like is about <laughs> alcoholism. Like the alcoholism is the the giant dog killing people. Like that is 
Stephen King doesn't remember writing that book because he was so drunk at the time. It's funny like, you said Cujo because no, it's not Cujo, and and obviously it's a lot more than 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 a beer being um, poured into a glass. Yeah, speaking of alcoholism, no, but what's funny is um, I, you could you could argue why don't even argue it why. Parts most a lot of the shining is about alcohol. Oh, definitely. So especially the straight season. up, yeah. Like, but it's not a book about alcohol. Yeah. It's a book about this family that this dad is more susceptible to fucked up shit, and it's like it's a fucking ghost story, yeah. and it's a great ghost story. Some, but yeah. you can relate it to alcohol. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. That a sunflower is, is a fucking sunflower, man. Well, yeah, we have, talked about yeah. that a little bit. It, go, like, it goes back to that whole yeah. pretense. There is a special place in hell for people that actually give grades for things that are subjective to a person's perception. Yeah, and that's and, that, and the, so the. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that I think a good English teacher, what they would do is they would grade you based upon your effort. Mm -hmm. And they they can read read your essay and they can tell you, they can tell, hey, did this person put effort and thought into this? I'm going to defend And look at it objectively or did this kid just be like, oh, I like turtles. You know what I mean? All right, well, let's get... Yeah. My no, defense for them, though, is this. The school districts are mainly the ones that kind of determine how classes should be taught, even though they may not be in the classroom teaching them. It's just one of those things that it's just a matter of politics, that it's unnecessary for children, mainly due to the fact that they want to save money or they just want to appease <coughs> the grand scope of parents. Because... Let's look at it this way. If we were empathetic for those English teachers, there might be amazing teachers out there that want to like show these kids phenomenal works of art that you can read on a day-to-day basis. But because of one parent that might be just overly sensitive towards certain words or wanting their children to be this prime example of whatever perfection that they're looking for, they might try to ruin it for the rest of everyone to develop some form of free thought. Yeah, they want well, sheltered for They want. Exactly. Here, here's what it comes down to. So here's, here's in a quick, quick bing, bang, boom nutshell what's up with our education system is that it's all based upon test scores. Mm-hmm. So teachers are no longer teaching children how to think critically or to analyze. They're teaching children how to memorize things. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the higher the school's test scores, the more money they get yeah. from the state or from the federal government. Yep. So it's all it's about memorization. And, and 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 testing these, it's, it's these all these with. testings and that's what you know our education but I think that the dumbing down of the population is a big part of the grand scheme of um, the globalist agenda but that's <laughs> that's another podcast we were going down this thread of like yeah. well, let's talk about the, that, that, those, that yes we said what we yeah. so let's go back so the job of the storyteller mm-hmm. is to do a really good job of expressing the story in a way that you can relate to it yeah. right and if it's not well told it's obvious you're like I don't feel or it or it's obvious to some people not to but you know, I that goes into the subjectiveness. It's like, mm-hmm. what's a good story? Well, usually, if you if you like, you can tell. Like, it's it yeah. leaves you with that. Like, ah, I want more. I want more. I want to hear more. I want to listen more. I want to. I want, you're, you got me now. Keep keep feeding me along. Um, and it's super. Di- obviously, there's some disappointing. And I can, I'm not a writer, so I'm, I can only imagine when you get, as a writer, you might get to a point where it's like, 
fuck, how did I wrap this up? So I wonder how many how many stories begin with the end, if that makes mm. sense. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even look at it as so much about wrapping things up as being some of the problem wrap for writing. It's because you can wrap most of like the stories up, which is very simple endings. And the it's dog a, ate his face. Yeah. It's <laughs> the, the biggest question that I've found in many different forms of writing is as simple as show, don't tell. How do you show something without telling people what it is? You have to describe them in such, I'd say, gentle detail, but also it has to be, in so many ways, very adaptable for most people to actually consume for their own like purpose of just getting through the book. Because you can write a whole story, like for example, going back to Jules Verne. What was it like? Twenty thousand leagues under the sea, right? Captain With Captain Ahab. Nemo. Not at Ahab. That is, <laughs> that is Moby Dick. Man. Oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a little bit too to But no, <laughs> with that book, there is so much jargon in there that is like biologically based for the ocean. That mm. unless you actually take the time to look up those words, you're gonna have a shitstorm of a time getting through that book. That was my first experience reading it. It was painful. I went through it though. Kept on reading it over and over. Started to get an appreciation for. It. But it's up to the writer to choose the words throughout the time frame that they're writing this book so that it becomes like this avalanche of information that you just get consumed by. Um, but I find if anything, it's coming up with new ideas to captivate that reader that is sometimes the hardest part because you're working with deadlines half the time on when they want you to have certain parts of like this script done or certain parts of this novel finished. And then they're also looking forward to the future saying, and what are you going to write next? It's like, I'm just here right now trying to get this whole story built upon like this one individual and how he's going to actually successfully come out of this shitstorm that now is presented in front of him in a sensible way, which other people can relate to. That's hard to do for storytelling. Yeah, and that's why it's when you read a good one, it's like, fuck, I can only imagine what struggle... And maybe not some of them might not struggle as much as others, but True. I have no experience writing and being paid for it um, other than that one time in that alley. <laughs> that's something else. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, I mean... It's easy to be a writer. Let's just put it this way. Like Stephen oh, King. Is no, it? Well, no, Stephen oh, King. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to quote one of, well, paraphrase, I guess, one of your favorite authors. <laughs> Stephen King said, it's easy to become a writer. All you have to do is write every day you are a writer at that point if you commit five ten minutes aside to the day to be writing something you have become a writer yeah and well, also he are you also an accomplished says, one though he also <laughs> says read yeah read you can't write unless you read no because Straight you have up. to understand what is out there what yeah. you are really getting into if yeah. anything i know so, i have his book on writing yeah it but that's not for me because i w ever wanted to be a writer i like storytelling yeah, and I'm and I knew a long time ago. I my strength is not in writing in written word mm -hmm. for me. That's just not where I can't I can't do it. My my brain gets to my fingertips, gets to the pen and paper, and I'm just like, Bleh. it's okay. I'm overindulgent with tossing commas and semicolons and everything. So, so that freaks people so out. So I bought <laughs> the book on writing because it's full of good ideas. Number one, and it's also just fun to just see his 
see a brain like his, how it's, it's his way of saying, this is how I do it. It might not work for you, but try some of these things. And, yeah. do, and the biggest thing is read, 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 yeah. read, consume reading. Like, and these days it's, I'm guilty of it. It's too easy to just fucking turn on Netflix and mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Because that storytelling too, somebody wrote that script, somebody wrote that story, it's just a different medium. But for me, the whole book thing is like, that's, that's something to be, I, it's, obviously, I'm not going to go down that whole wormhole, like, we're just going to be like four, what's that fucking Fahrenheit 451, where they yeah. are in all the books in the future. They're terrifying. They're, they're making an HBO series. <laughs> I, I saw that with Michael B. Jordan, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. How about, um, should be cool. How about... <laughs> Again, adaptation yeah. into reality. I don't know. How about... Have you guys ever listened to a piece of music? Uh, like, uh, well, what you were listening to when we got here first? Oh, that's Storytelling the Sky. Yeah. And you listen to an instrumental piece of music or, or something with vocals. And, um, you know, you can picture a story taking yeah, place in your head always. without words. Well, that's yeah. what bards were right back in the day. And the storytellers slash musicians of medieval times. Bards were assholes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bards are assholes. Prey on the drunk. <laughs> or those really, those really complex paintings that will tell oh, an entire yeah. story. Like a Rembrandt. Like a, yeah, like a, you yeah. Know, one yeah, picture. And, that, and that's, a, that's a great point you brought up. Is that oh, There's not just yeah. writing storytelling. And storytelling can cross all those mediums. You that, can visually tell a story. You can verbally tell a story. You can... Do you guys ever play D and D? No, I I'm guilty of talking about it a lot with uh, my old roommate. He he played for years, and he was. We tried to get a game going; it just never happened. And he that he was like, "Dude, I know you'll love it because it's straight up like it's an adventure, like a story." And you and he's like, "If you have a good imagination, you can get." I'm like, dude, I'm already, I'm, a, I'm in, I'm fully in. It's just now, it's just the application. Like, so yeah, I, I had a game going for the last year in LA. My friend Andrew, shout out Andrew Smith. Hey Andrew. Um, he wrote us this really awesome story, and cool. we like every week meet up, and he's in charge of like setting the framework, but eventually the choices that the characters make is up to us. And I just started a group in town recently. We've had about like three or four sessions of it, and I've had to make a map of the world that they live in. I have to have an overarching story, but then kind of zero in on these three people and their backstories. How do they fit in together? Why are they doing what they're doing? And it's the it's maybe with the one of the hardest creative things that I've had to do because I've never had to write a whole story and yet at the same time be reactive where my characters are filling in part of my work for me, That's but cool. they can't do that un- cool. unless I build them the right framework to yeah. do things. And it's, it is honestly like my favorite, uh, cause I've, I've tried to write stories and like do that before. And I, it's, you get to watch it come alive in real time. And that is my favorite part where, like if I just had a book and then I spent a lot of time writing like a 300 page book, then I would have to put it out there and see what it is as a whole. But right. every week I get inspiration from what happens 
because I get to watch it unfold that I'm immediately inspired to then be like, oh, well, you had this interaction with this person here. I had an idea for this. And it all like it all starts to tie starts to tie together in a really awesome way. But yeah, um, I'll I, I would love to make a little campaign and have yeah, you guys run through me, it. Dude, let me know. I would I'd love <clears> to get into it because that's. You know, I've I've read enough and started getting into it a little bit, and I was like, yeah, this is straight up just a yeah, it's a living, breathing story as you go along, and that's what a cool idea. And yeah, you can get that in other forms, but that's such a unique form. It's it's people based. It's you're based mm-hmm. on your DM is gonna write. You know, you're gonna have parameters, but then it's like just like Stephen King says about a lot of his stories, they go. He starts with one character, and he's like, "I didn't know that character was going to do that," and he just did it, and I, that's that's what that character is. Yeah, now. and, like, and, that's and a cool you rely one. on your people to role play as their characters as opposed to as themselves, because I've set up situations where I knew exact. I was like, "Oh, this is the one thing that's going to happen," yeah. and then they approached it with such a different mindset that it turned the whole story on edge, but at the same time, it led up to such a fascinating conclusion of that of that week's story that yeah. it was incredible. I was so much more pleased that they ended up doing what they chose instead of like what I had envisioned. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But yeah, it's just about like laying the right groundwork and having a long-term sh- story with short-term stories in the middle. But it's so much fun. I would love to fucking That sounds awesome. Hang out I, and do some I do I do really want to do it and get into that. Um just as another form of, because I mean that's it takes a lot of creativity and imagination to do that, and I know just based on what my my own my friend and roommate Prio told me, because he's he'd played he's been playing for years, and it's like it sounds really fun, mm-hmm. and you know I was like I know me, and I know that I'd enjoy doing it, so it's like, now it's just like oh, I just gotta do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely up for that, man. That sounds fucking fun. Hell yeah. Um. What? Oliver, oh, oh. No, you're not getting on the table, buddy. <laughs> Oliver, what are you doing? Stay over. No. Oh. Just let him down. Put him down. No. <laughs> you're not getting on the table. Please, sir. Can I have yeah. some podcasts? Yeah, please, sir. I'm going to have the microphone. It looks tasty. <laughs> what do you want, buddy? No. He's like, everybody's snuggled me but you. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> and he just bites it. Yeah. Ah! Kill it's my a condenser. Yeah, it's too much. Um, you know Stephen King too. Also, I know I'm jerking him off a lot on this, but no, he is one of my favorite storytellers. Great, fantastic. But I Make think that also too, <laughs> a lot of his creativity. I think I'm just gonna come out there and say it was due to the fact that he did a lot of cocaine. He did a lot of well, and he, I know people that do a lot of cocaine, and they're not always the most creative folk. Yeah, I know people that are though. Yeah, uh, so the creativity was there before that. That just, just fuel. It was a fuel. Yeah. It was a, it was, well, you it was, know, it was it was, it was six, sixth to seventh gear for him. And he was like, oh fuck, I can just right. For me, I'm not an author or a painter, but as a songwriter, but I love musician, okay. you know, I don't, no, I don't do cocaine. I have it for years. It's not my drug, but I will. I feel like I can tap into parts of my creative brain after I smoke a little weed and have a beer. 
You know what I mean? Not like four or five beers because then you can't play. But after like one or two beers, smoke a little grass, it enables me to connect yeah. with what I'm doing. Break down the filter a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Like you're, like, or take away always, that self-criticism. Yeah, or, there's always you know. that block of like ideas where you're like, well, that's dumb. And like when you get into that, the bright space where like even just writing it down, like being able to write it down and then look at it and be like, I don't like that. I'll start over. But like mm-hmm. letting the ideas come through, mm-hmm. getting to that space is really important. Yeah. Drop the ball. Yeah. And that's, I think we, we God, we just barely touched on that using drugs as kind of the, to unlock the muse whisper, whatever it is. Like we, t- we talked about that just briefly, I think yeah. in the mm-hmm. second episode, yeah. but, but yeah, it's important. I mean, for some people that that's necessary to let that, story come through because yeah we might be in your own way and it's just you know it's there and it's just like how do I get that out of the way maybe a little a little grass but yeah a little I think devil's it, lettuce I think is. it's interesting thinking about it like that where you you shouldn't think of it as like that's the imagination fuel like right. your right. imagination is the imagination fuel like yeah. if it's probably you just letting yourself like ex- like fully uninhibited yeah be uninhibited by that and I think that's the confusion that a lot of people get when they start to just do more drugs yeah, than like, they actually is, I need work. this in order to produce this it's like well maybe you don't yeah like that and that rides the fine line of mm, okay yeah like addiction versus just like well it's a tool but I mean yeah that maybe yeah that's a that's another conversation for sure yeah but, different kinds <clears> of storytelling <throat> for it too yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know. Do you guys? Well, me and Aaron. So, so yeah, sorry. Go one ahead. night, me and Aaron were we were at Bang the Drum and we were we were we were I don't know what we went back to. Do we go to Bang the Drum first? Anyways, we ended up back in my house and I have this. Some for our listeners don't here. know, I have this little. I wouldn't even call it a studio. Just a, a a garage converted into a room where I have a little basic basic recording setup. Nice. And we smoked some grass and drank a little more beer and laid down some tracks that actually I just went back and listened to it the other day and it still sounds pretty good man it still holds up it's pretty good so there's something to be said for that but you know I think if we were both sober like oh you know I'm probably just gonna there's nerves I'm probably just gonna go to bed and get a good night's sleep tonight you know what I mean versus fuck yeah let's play some music you know so I think there's Something to be said for that. Yeah. I'm taking your podcast way off track one more time. That's it. That's the last time. <laughs> not I'm really. It, that's not off track. I mean, I, the the whole story. To, that's you just. That's that's not off that track. Last time Don't I checked, a lot of good stories that have been out there in the world has been done or has been, I guess, emulated from the pretense of some type of, I would say, agent that has altered the mind, whether it be. Just natural order of things like dehydration while on a ship. <laughs> absinthe. I mean, yeah, absinthe too. I mean, think about it. Like all the great mythology novels and stuff like that. Those people had seen shit because they were either on shit or lack thereof shit. And, and, they, <laughs> and that, well, yeah. And who's to say what they saw yeah, wasn't or, real? No, exactly. And it's, it's like, that's the only way I can see this. Is yeah. if you, it's like ah, fuck. There's no. I mean, don't drink the seawater is one thing yeah. that you learn as well. Yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie Cabin yeah. Boy. <laughs> and if you have it's good for you because it's fucking hilarious yeah but it's Chris it's Elliot. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that there's a lot of things to be said good and bad 
from people being under the influence of something. Yeah, well, and I mean, this, and that's and that that's the whole thought. I was thinking about that too, of how a lot of stories, like the the whole myth stuff. I love. I I want to see more. Mm-hmm. Like what? I mean, it's been done, but what is going to be our modern myth that is technology? Man, it's probably going to go. So? You know, I, I feel yeah, like no, it, no, you're probably right. We might be rolling around like the scenario. Ridley Scott does a great job in regards to living beyond that what we actually see now. I feel and like his. I now I'm going to be jerking him off in regards to this whole situation. <laughs> Uh, you know, like sci-fi, right? That stuff's always been a fun thing for, I'd say, most of society to try to grasp on because it's one of those things that it's the future, man. Like, we right. don't see it yet, but there's potential for it to be something great or something frightening. We could end up having a bunch of xenomorphs just devouring the shit out of us and spitting acid and planting babies in our bodies uh, to burst out of our chests. Or, <laughs> or it could just be as simple as you know, a bunch of you know, a bunch of androids around us, which it's more feasible. So, that so I guess what my question is, I'll go back. To, mm-hmm. I I I think you're right, and I'm trying to follow your okay. train of thought. Yeah. but it's a frightening process to try um, to do. But let's, go on. Let's, so <laughs> the train of thought, as in myths, like and yeah. legends. What is what do you think our generation's legend is going to be? Let's say humanity, <laughs> humanity's around much, much like five hundred years from now. Let's Dude. let's pretend. What is our myth and legend going to be for that? They'll be like, oh, that that civilization had these these recurring story roles, and I think you're right, probably along the lines of the technology. And, but you see what I'm saying? Like, Blade Runner. We look we look at the Greeks yeah. and the Romans, and they yeah. all have their myths and the like the werewolf legends mm-hmm. and the and those traver- which. I love that shit because the werewolves and vampires, those those myths and stories are timeless. What's the fucking word? No, not time. well. They are timeless, but the word I'm looking for, they were. Um, I can't think of the word, but I'll explain it. The the Irish people had a myth about folklore, werewolf, folklore about werewolves, and across. Uh-huh. The seas, so did the Romanians, mm-hmm. and they had no way of communicating, yet mm-hmm. they shared the same story. So it's right. kind of like, is there some to that? Could be. Like, that's fun. It's, that's cool to think about. History like, they're, is they're very, like, they're so similar, and it's like, maybe there was fucking werewolves. Like the idea of dragons. But at that or time, dragons. In, that, in that time period, too, though, there were, there were wolves roaming the earth yeah. on every continent. Giant wolves, too, too. So that they're, right, but, you know. the fa- Right, but these aren't just wolves. People turn like, These are fucking, that's a dude that was, wolves. like, it's it's an interesting that that, that, that it's, and same thing, like you said, dragons. People all over the world said they saw a dragon. It's like, maybe it was a fucking dinosaur still. Maybe it was, yeah. it, was, I, it, was it lost the monos. Do you guys feather. watch the show Atlanta? Oh, yeah. No. So, excellent show. I have I love Donald Glover a lot. Um, I think he is incredible. On season two, I think it's the first episode of season two, um, his friend starts to tell him this like ghost story basically like a modern day myth but it's about florida man 
and like, and it's the okay. funniest thing in the world because he's like, you always see these paper like these headlines: Florida man shoots wife, Florida man, oh, the, oh, which yeah, is yeah, all yeah. Of the, these like like Florida That's man funny. eats totally, someone's totally face, That's like, really funny. and it's like you could totally <laughs> see like if like there was a collapse of society, but they had all these newspaper clippings the of this oh, like God, the Florida man. man, like who was the yeah. Florida man? And yeah. uh, well, they've never caught him. Yeah, right? He keeps the t- like it's. That's really funny. I, I love that. I love um, like modern day myths mm-hmm. going to uh, Aaron Mankey, the creator of Lore. I fucking but, like Lore. That Great is podcast. one of the best podcasts of yeah, all time. I agree. Uh, he he talks about going back to Jekyll and Hyde. <sighs> Jekyll and Hyde was based off of the architect who designed the new part of Edinburgh mm-hmm. in Scotland. Mm-hmm. His he broke his son out of jail and murdered people, and then went around stealing stuff and like only got caught way later into after some of his crimes. Mm. But it that story was written after reading that account and showing the duality that yeah. people can possess within themselves. It's like the dismantling of the Victorian era. Yeah. yeah. Black and, and white. I think modern myths will come from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Where it is it is not necessarily American Psycho is yeah, another such a good great one. Yeah, but a, a lot of modern myths I think in my opinion will come from it, it's human behavior that's uh, like fantasized in a sort of way like where you where you take it from this like real place mm-hmm. and you add just enough into it that it is it is suddenly like you just elevate it yeah. yeah it's yeah it's really interesting that's what's great about just stories in general though it's that elevation of what would be real to the abnormal or to just the unreal and i think that's half the battle when you're actually, if you don't write it, but you're actually just preaching it to people, it's how do you captivate the audience? Sometimes you have to kind of, you know, stretch the truth yeah, just a little bit so that it entices people. It draws them into the extent where they're now completely and utterly at your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Well, and <laughs> we have, we have the privilege and the advantage of we can record shit, mm-hmm. which is our new visual format, yeah. shit. Okay, yeah. so like going back to the old, you know, like a lot of Native American tribes, their their medicine men, they would they they would tell stories as mm-hmm. part of their job. That was and it's yeah. they they would share stories. They're like and they they didn't they didn't write it down. They just and so like it kept evolving. Like these stories keep evolving, yeah. and like that I I'm, I love that style of storytelling too because. You know, as long as you're not, it's it, it's an important part of that skill of, let me, okay, here's the basic nugget that we start with of, of this story. Yeah. And then I tell it, and then somebody else hears that, and they're like, I gotta tell that, that was Absolutely. a cool story. And then, it, like, they might add something to it, and they might, and then the next person adds something. Like, that's a really cool, you know, it, how that builds like that. And these days, I don't, you don't really see that, because it's, it's. Unless you've seen Moana. Okay. <laughs> so that, right, but that's. I've seen Moana, man. <laughs> but that's a neat, well, I guess maybe maybe the movie. Maybe, yeah, the movie. maybe it doesn't. I mean, well, the whole because that that style, like you can, someone tells you a story, like uh, 
you can either take their word for it or you can just go, yeah. let me Google that and see if that really happened. Well, Absolutely. Like, or or, or let me see, pay, you know, like I, I think it, there's that lack of, it, the, it's that whole like gut reaction to fact check. They'd be like, ah, that sounds like bullshit. And that's, a, it's, you know, you think about, put that in context 200 years ago and like you'd be a great storyteller if you told that story. You know, yeah. when I tell stories, because otherwise it'd be fucking boring to listen to be like, how was your weekend in Vegas? Well, here's the facts. I went there. I spent too much money. I cried in the corner while yeah. my wife hit through. You know what I mean? Like, what should you do? There's one, one <laughs> but, cool thing about that. But you got to add some shit in there that maybe didn't happen. Yeah. It's otherwise, important to do that, actually. Okay. Uh, not not straight up lying, be like, oh, I fucking no, no, no. Embellishment, but embellishment is right. important for the for set. good storytelling. Well, no, it's not just for good storytelling. Uh, just t- taking away from another great book, Treasure Island, right? Yeah. Great book. So who's that? Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh hell yeah! And here's the cool thing about it. Shut up. He's dead. Cool, cool thing. Shout out to my story. boy Robert Louis Stevenson. We see you out there. You're doing everything right. <laughs> He's all around us. Yeah. He's, he's he everywhere. lives within us. He's, he's, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's, he's in us, for sure. <laughs> Ew. 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 Sorry, go. Yeah. Well, no, that's like a great example of storytelling within storytelling. Because one of the most, I would say, tall tellers over there in that book was Long John Silver. Mm. And he was one of those people that was acquired on Captain Flint's ship over like a big like uproar of different circumstances. But the whole situation was based around the story of Long John Silver. Just an ordinary man, for the most part, just happened to, with undue circumstances, become something bigger than what he really was and had to fulfill that role at that point that's in time. That's Davy Crockett shit. It is, and that's another big thing about that, too, is storytelling makes people that we know as heroes or that we know in myths... And everything as bigger than that what they were but that's the beauty of our existence too is how we emulate the story that's been told how we become the embodiment of what people know us as and what captain flint <clears throat> has said in in a way and i feel like i'm using paraphrasing too much because i can't really legitimately quote it because you know the Bender Blend is, you know, a fact-free zone. <laughs> oh, no, don't say, don't say that. <laughs> but no, for the most part, what he did pretty much say was, it's the idea of if someone knows your story, they have power over you. Because That's interesting. the issue at that point is they know everything there is to need to know about who you are as an individual and how to overpower you with their own story and if you don't know their story they hold all the keys right there or they hold all the power to the situation so it's important to embellish some things in life because it is that grand equalizer to who we are as individuals we might love to get to know individuals on a personal scale but we also do take a lot of pride in our own secrecy and I would say we value our mystery that we have amongst other individuals because to give them everything and maybe that goes along the idea of like those true romance novels and stuff like that the ability to give everything to your partner 
that is the true way of pronouncing your love to give them the power over you. Now, do you think I could make myself a myth? If I if I if, if I created a, a small team and basically yes. fed fed little facts that are totally made up but like embellishing who I am as a person, do you think I could make myself a I myth? I think it's even I think it's even more easier to do that now. And it's a lot less exhausting to do that now because we have the power of social media. Fake news. Yeah. Well, no, you can do that. Exactly. You can do all of that. You can become something more because you can provide a source of imagery too. Yeah. And if you know the right way of doing that and you have the followers to actually protect that value or that image of who you are. You can be whoever you want to be with so a little would, bit of effort. So would you say that there are people living today, whether they're famous musicians, movie stars, business people, that have made themselves myths? Absolutely. Like, because you look at it like... <laughs> best example that I can go is a freaking cartoon in a way. Futurama, right? That one episode where it was just... When Fry unfreezes one of like the dudes that is also from his era, happens to be a really great marketer and everything... It's that idea. It's marketing. It's behavioral economics. If you can create the circumstance to where people only believe in that image of what you are, then you have already created that fable. You've created that existence of mythos in the here and now. Because it's not who you truly are, because only you can know that. Because you have your full story. But it's what you're willing to sacrifice to gain that type of status to become something greater or a freaking tyrant. It really depends on the path that you take. And we all have that potential, even for those that are listening, we have that potential to become something so much bigger than what we see ourselves as. And when you look in the mirror every day, it's one of those things that you have to assess that for yourself on what you want to be. Because when society comes back looking at you with a magnifying glass, they are going to scrutinize every little detail they can. Because with great, well, I mean, I'm not gonna say with <laughs> <laughs> greatness comes. Spider Man. Fucking Spider Man. With uh, with sweat great power. What <laughs> comes great fucking awesome swinging? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what you're gonna say, right? I know that was exactly what I was going for. <laughs> no, but physics it, and geometry it's, really. Dude, fucking, you're going full Tony Robbins right now. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you about something. Right now. I want you to go home and do push-ups until you're fucking huge and you're gonna crush people's minds with your intellect. Your and I'm also six foot eight. I'm a well, huge human being. Okay, so <laughs> Tony Robbins so is fucking big. Yeah, yeah, he is massive. Dude. <laughs> I think he's like a growth Sorry. disorder too. Um, so. <laughs> So in in a myth, no, he's just uh-huh. a big dude. In a myth and in a lot of nonfiction, uh-huh. <laughs> there is the unbelievable. Absolutely. And but that also like again, I'm going back to Davy Crockett because he it was a real person it. and a story. Yeah. Like there was there was a part of the unbelievable that it gave him power absolutely it where, makes you human yeah where you you're telling the story and people are like no that can't be true and people are like but it was he was exactly. the king of the wild frontier yeah, yeah. and like that that's that's something I think <laughs> that's, <laughs> I love that you were like saying that like you come on guys get on my level I think that's I think that's a huge part of the myth is is there's all this like 
personality, all of this, mm-hmm. like, a true stuff that's augmented by something truly unbelievable, but believable enough. Yeah. And, and that's where you actually get a myth, is it's not something so outrageous that it could never happen, and no. you can fact check it. It is right in the in-between, where it has that mystical quality to it that draws you towards it. Yeah. Where you need... You either need to know it's true or that you so believe it's yes. true that it becomes so. Well, we can go to the route, which we definitely aren't going to do here on the podcast, which is like the idea of theology, right? Where it bases on religion. Well, storytelling. Like yeah, it is storytelling, for yes. Sure. But to for the sanctity of keeping a neutrality of how our listeners kind of portray themselves and live their lives. Oh, baby, I am neutral. There, yeah. huh? I know, but that's just with us. Uh, <laughs> But well, that, that could be another. It's episode. a completely different like venture in its own right. But it, when you get to that point of how much is believable and how much is unreal, you start to. And I'm sure if we take the time to, we can build a beautiful diagram on like the process of what makes it godlike versus what makes it more uh, Denny godlike, right? Because it's something that we can then ultimately relate to to the extent like I could do that tomorrow. If I go through these steps in improving my life, now I'm not trying to make this like a freaking self-help episode at all, in any ways, because it is <laughs> storytelling. But I feel like a lot of storytelling is that, though. It is helpful to the listener. Yeah. It is helpful even for the storyteller themselves to kind of like, I would say, recollect the things that they've gone through, or just to share some kind of wisdom to those that. Are around them so that they don't have to go through it as well. Yeah. Either way, the more artistic you can get with it, it latches on to the listener a little bit deeper. It becomes part of them to the extent where they are actually living that story as well. And I feel like as a just you know an average person in this everyday society. That that's kind of what we all somewhat aspire to. We don't always necessarily have to do it, but we want to make our mark here in yeah, this world well, in that, some that's, way. That's why we like. That's why I like fiction is because I can be part of something that's so out there and unbelievable, and feel and actually feel part of it. like in the go into the you know the setting of. Um, so another recommendation for book people to read is this book called The Passage. There's mm-hmm. three books total. This and is a by a dude named Justin Cronin. And he does such a good job of pulling me in he pulled me into the his world that he wrote. There where I was like, I'm part of that now. And that's that like a good storyteller does that. They mm-hmm. they grab onto these important they under number one, I think a good writer slash storyteller understands people, first yeah. and foremost. They understand how people feel and and what they crave, and so when they tell their story, they know when to add these little things that'll be like that'll grab mm-hmm. some people. Like and fish, then, Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> um, terrible, fucking. It terrible grabs idea. some people, man. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Yeah, right? Who am I to knock it? It sold millions of copies. Who the fuck am I? But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and maybe yeah. No, fuck that. Um, <laughs> fucking terrible. Fuck, don't fucking read that book. You want to read it about? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I totally so really, disjointed what you say. Shit. Never had any desire to read that. No, book. 
No, but it is no. I completely like, agree you with you. See what I'm that. saying is yeah. like a, 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 a good, good storyteller yeah. will know what to add to their story. Yeah. Like the embellishment of, you know what? I yeah. Let let's let the average person believe it because it's 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 it part of the whole picture. Like I'm not trying to fool anybody. I want them to be. I want them to get something. And like you said, you you walk away from from a good story like with, with something yeah whether it be a lesson or a new way of thinking like that's the point of that story the, mm-hmm. that's the point of art in general mm-hmm. is to walk away with something that you didn't have before yeah and a good story does that for me every time like I walk away even in stories that I've read and reread and I do I, I reread these a lot of books because I kind of forget you for it's easy to just like I'm short-term memory it's like oh what did what was that last week uh whatever but you also develop as an individual over time so the way you i'd say approach certain books your value or your insight that you get from them will change yeah Yeah. i mean going back to what i said before like i did twenty thousand leagues under the sea i have that as like a bedside book yeah now like i have a nice small copy of that and each time that I've read it, I get something new from it. Now, it's not as much, I would say, as some other books that I've read recently now because I've probably gone over it way too many times. But it's definitely one of those things that a good story has layers to it. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope so. Cause, you would hope so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, like I said, you, it's it's really obvious when it doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and the you know, even even if coming from me, who I'm very, I seek out, like without trying to sound like, oh, it's not a good story. It's like, well, I'm, and I'm that's something I have to challenge myself with these days. Is just like maybe it is a good story, and I'm just not open to it. But approaching it with, when you when it gets you, it gets you. You know, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's and sometimes some stories are not for me, and which and is not that's okay. Bad thing, yeah. That's but fun. it's recognizing like, well, that there's that story. Like it's a collect, you know, and that's why I personally I love short story collections because mm-hmm. each one is just a different little yeah. flavor of something that I might. And I'm like, oh, I needed that. I needed a little, like, oh, I needed some lightheartedness. So oh, I want to go fucking. I want to get scared. Or some of the stuff that I've read, I wasn't even like aware that I'd actually enjoy reading them too. It's one of those things that you do have to kind of yeah. sift through a couple pages. Maybe if you're that kind of person, read the back of the book. Yeah. before you actually yeah. commit to it but hell man like I've read some really intense novels or just like intense uh, biographies in a way that have had me reassessing who I am as an individual too like one of the heavier reads that I had was like The Wretched of the Earth mm. and who that's wrote that? ooh, I'm trying to remember what that was but it's uh, it's kind of sociologically based in the the wretched. Re- the wretched. I'm gonna write yeah, it the, down. The wretched of the earth, and it's an it's a hard read, honestly. At least it was for me, because it kind of just plateaus to this idea of was it how society can become just so terrible, and you can dismantle it. It's almost like this idea, almost like Marxist in a way where it's like you have to topple the government if the government doesn't suit you mm-hmm. type of writing style and it was done by was it Franz Fanon F- yeah. can you spell that 
Yep. Uh, F-R-A-N-T-Z. T-Z, okay. Yep, and the last name, F-A-N-O-N. F-A-N-O-N. Yep. Fanon. And it's just pretty much like this idea of like, it's a psychological novel on like the, I'd say like the analysis of dehumanizing people. Okay. And how that can have an effect on the way we live in the world today. Yeah. Now, take that into account as something that I've read. Another one that actually I definitely do recommend people to read if you have the chance is called Giovanni's Room. And that's by James Baldwin. And that one is a the fast... seventh Baldwin brother? No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's, a, it's fine. No, it's a, good, it's a very good read because... <laughs> At least for me, it goes back to like the narrative part, right? You have yeah. somebody just sitting in the room telling you the story. That's exactly how it reads off. How he has kind of put himself in that book, telling you his life on where he began, almost in like a flashback. Like yeah. You're reading, okay. you're reading the book, and it feels like you go into a flashback mode, but then get jolted right back into where he's placed yeah. back in like France. With like this individual that he's Wait, infatuated where? with, France, 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 fucking France, France, France. 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 fucking bitch. <laughs> but keep going, dude. We're derailing you. It's it's okay. <laughs> We're four bears deep now. <laughs> Giovanni, County. hold on. Right, Giovanni's room. Yep. And it's based on his experience with this one individual named Giovanni, and like to not give away too much about it. It's just his. I would say his moment in time okay. where he started to realize how the world works and his place in it. That's okay. it's like it's okay. a good. I guess, yeah. yeah, no, I, without giving yeah. anything away. Yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard not. Great. to. you just ruined yeah. the whole story. <laughs> yeah, no, right? It's like fuck. It. It's, like, um, it's exactly how it ends. <laughs> Clint, do you have any book recommendations that you want to throw out there for people to check out? That so, like. You know what I mean? Is there anything lately? Yeah. I haven't read a book in a long time, honestly. Truly haven't. Good old haunted. Oh, I, I know. I, you know, like, I, I read, like, technical journals and mm. manuals and things like that. Oh, God. I got so horny when you said that. <laughs> Aristotle's work. So, like, nothing really, no. Like, like what? But, you know, that's a I mentioned true crime, but... Can that's, we? That that's fine. No, go back if, to what are you talking about? Because I don't know what you mean when you say a technical journal. What does that mean? Like uh, farming journals. Okay. Or so like that's a, that's uh, a mechanical mechanical journal. This isn't just about like aviation that, journals. Okay. So like, I'm I'm a big I'm a quite a you want to learn. I get, it's I about get, knowledge. I get really nerdy. Right. One it's, thing you may not know about me is I'm a anything, big nerd. Anything that burns fuel and makes power. You're a motorhead. Yeah. Nice. So um, airplanes, cars, boats, okay. trains, scooters, anything that burns fuel and makes power, I'm into it. All so right. I read a lot of stuff about that. Cool. I read a lot of stuff about growing grapes. Yeah. Well, would you, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of stuff. I read the news a lot, which is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's important to be aware. But now of it's also, more just like yeah. comedy. Now it's just like I'm what just, is I happening. A, I get a good chuckle from the. That's news why the, I mean the Onion is. Oh, it's all God. they're like we're running out of shit to write because it's it's, there, it's there, too, whole it's too real for them. There's that whole subreddit, not, not the, the Onion, onion. Yeah. and it's yeah. like yeah, they're fucking ridiculous. And that's why 
It's so ridiculous. And maybe that that kind of pushed like this whole that this whole fucking weird climate we live in is like even more makes me wanna understand people more oh, and so you say crack a beer. Crack a beer <laughs> fucking I buddy. Yeah, but, man, I wish that I was. But also just create and like yeah. be like I wanna write you know, it's like, yeah, I wanna be creative because I I gotta have I gotta have some outlet when dealing with this shit that I see and hear every day. Do you need a place to unpack some of this shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, if I can do that creatively, <laughs> if, then for me, that's the way to go. I read Smithsonian Air and Space, which is a great yeah. journal. It's like it's a, it's a magazine, but it's a really Air you know, technical space. journal. Right, but so that, as far as a book goes, or, or like fiction novels, I'm No, I'm that's guilty, not... I'm not I'm asking guilty. you for... Okay. I'm, I was... It doesn't. It, a book is a book. It doesn't have to be not a fiction. Yeah. I'm not. That's not what I. I guess. Sorry. Let me. Like when I was no. like, do you have a book rent? Oh no no no. I, do I'm you not. have a book that you read? Any book? For sure. No, I hear what you're saying. That uh, you yeah. want to recommend? Like people check out that you were like this gives you a lot of fucking cool shit to learn about. Mm, Off the top yeah, of your head. If yeah, not, dude. Yeah, no. I'm gonna get uh, like you, you said, the, the, some of the journals. Um, the what is it? The Smithsonian Nerds. Like yeah. I like reading. That's. That's important stuff too because that can. <laughs> reading The Martian. Did you ever read The Martian? No, but I saw the movie. Okay, so that dude knows his shit. And it's because he probably read a lot of like scientific Journal. journals yeah. and knew and he consulted. And he was like, how do I build a story around all the cool shit I know that is technically accurate? Yeah. And then let me write a story about it. Like that's research is a big part. So that's that's an important thing too. And that's that's the whole point. Is like you can't just yeah. Not everybody can just be like oh I came up with fucking this because of this. It's like well you write what you know. That's the obvious biggest statement ever that every writer knows. What's believable? Again, it goes back to that. You have to kind of keep yeah. it to a level of believability. There, a little bit. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. No, like you said too, it's you can also go. Full that depends fiction. on what you want to read. Like I, if you want to read Robert Jordan, you're yeah. gonna go balls deep in some fantasy. And yeah. Like there's elves and. But there's and also shit. it's also believable to extent <laughs> of like the anatomy of these individuals. Right. It's possible. And and that's what <laughs> that's the relatable part yeah. of like. You can picture if they yeah. do a good job, they can. It's not like they're taking you to some like Rick and Morty world that's like beyond comprehension of a dimension that's really unknown to any of us to explain. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Well, which Lovecraft did. Yeah. He wrote. He wrote that shit. He yeah. didn't draw anything. No. He was like, just imagine seeing this. And yeah. so that's again. Leave it to the reader. I, um, I will say, um, like my my definite book recommendation is this Saga. is your favorite music. Oh, a saga is uh, one of my favorite uh, graphic novels of all time. Okay, I think that, it's that's right. It like, the uh, the pride which counts, which uh, story. same same author Brian K. Vaughn wrote the Pride of Baghdad. Brian K. Vaughn, sorry, I thought you said Fuller. Oh, oh wait, it's fiction book. I think Brian Fuller and Brian K. Vaughn are both different dudes that I really respect okay. in different okay. fields. But, so um, saga is written by. It's one of them. I think I'm, you said Brian gonna... K. Fuller, so we'll we'll. I'm guessing Google that's it. the that's the combination of both of them. I but Saga, Saga, and the Pride of Baghdad, <laughs> two of my most favorite. One is definitely not sci-fi. Pride of Baghdad is about a pride of lions moving these animals right through modern-day Baghdad during a war, and it is Lion King meets war. That's like cool. it in modern times. It is. Amazing, super visceral, incredible saga is an amazing sci-fi tale. Okay. But as far as simply like no like 
visuals, books. This is your brain on music. Okay. Excellent book. But then I would recommend to anybody out there trying to look for something to read, start reading plays. Plays? Um, uh, it, it, it's written... Reading a script for a play is so amazing because it is all of the stuff where it's like, he said, or she exclaimed. Like, that's gone. You just get... Like their name above it, what they say, and how the person responds, and then you see they walk over to their desk. Like a lot of the the art of explaining shit that you would see is gone, but through that it kind of allows you to see it as you read it without kind of the the gunk in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend. Two, two plays that I've read that are super powerful in different ways are Hatful of Rain, which is about a uh, army vet coming back from the Korean War, now addicted to heroin because they use so much morphine on him during the war. Yeah. The other one is uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, about a young university professor and his wife going to have late night drinks after drinking with the other university staff. They go to one of the older professor's house with his wife and they just get more drunk and more angry and fights like evolve throughout the whole thing. It is so so gnarly and awesome. I would recommend Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and Hat Full of Rain as plays to read. But then again, any any play that you find out there or like we're interested in the concept read that read the the script for it because it is it is really fun to kind of take away the paragraph format and have it all like line by line yeah you almost get the that rhythm a little and you're bit almost easier in there with it like it might be an easier way to attach to that i could see that i've never done that personally because i've just that's something i that's that's good to pay attention to, and I'm, I'll take it. And there's so it. many good plays that I've yeah. never seen and probably aren't showing anywhere near me, but the fact that they're out there and they're it's available literature, but just in a slightly different format. Yeah, it's fun to like let your brain kind of explore like what literary style you like reading in, and yeah. having it like I always think about like, and then he like briskly walked over to the table it's like no it's like Kane moves to table like have you like <laughs> you when you're reading it quickly it, it's so easy to pick up and you see it happen he in can, a way that you don't have to be like well I didn't like the way he described this I don't it's like, like went to that you table. see the actions and <laughs> yeah. you hear the dialogue that's, that's that's based, based on the mood set you yeah. can kind of determine what like happens that. yeah Externally, that's that's, well, that's good. That's I, I like that. That's a good recommendation, man. Because that's something I never would have even thought of. So. Contextual Thanks, reading, almost. Hey, Ron, you gave me like nine books. I wrote. Down. <laughs> <laughs> that's so unlike him. Now, I, I, I he did that. I read a lot of fucking books, me too. dude. I don't even. Work. How dare? That's how, the whole how, point. How dare you? That's, that's why, like, yeah, you, we could have you. Yeah. Ta- I could talk to you for another uh, dude, two hours. Dude, about I it, could but. tell you like all my favorite ones in regards to like psychological books. Like, yeah. was that's disgusting? I think that's like by Rachel Hertz or something like that. Mm. And that pretty much kind of runs through 
an idea of like the scale of disgust that we all have mm-hmm. in regards to like it also has like an actual test that you can take in that book which is really cool to find out like where you land on that scale that's disgusting uh, you can exactly <laughs> right <laughs> it's a beautiful thing too because like I don't know I found like a lot of psychology books that were like that where you can actually grab information from that to kind of apply to yourself or at least self-reflect to see who you are as an individual and kind of define the things that are Isn't that what all books are about? Right. You'd hope so. Self-reflection? Yeah. So, but there's some that it's a little bit more of like I would consider as like self-help too and other ones that are more just self-expansion. I'm going to go with the George Carlin quote on that one. If you have to buy a book written by somebody else... That's not help. That's self-help. That's help. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, no, that's not right. self-help. That's help. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I think we're. I think we're good. I think we covered a lot, and obviously we keep going, but hmm. we we hit an hour and a half. So let's that, go. Uh, that feels good, right? You yeah. guys, you guys feel good about wrapping up. I feel. Totally I've got like some wrap up. Awesome. I've got some wrap awesome. up things. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Um, ride your motorcycle. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> No, <laughs> not right now. Bad, <laughs> bad idea. That would be a funny story just, until it would be like, oh, who's going to pay for that? I will. So I'm going to go back down the list of the books that you guys recommended, stories, whatever. This is your brain on music. And I looked it up. It said it was Daniel Levitin. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, yep. The Wretched of the Earth, mm. Franz. France, 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 Fanon, Fanon, Giovanni's room, yeah. James Baldwin, the James. seventh Baldwin brother, <laughs> <laughs> and the Pride of Baghdad, yeah, uh, Hat Full of Rain, which is a play, and then Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Now, here's my question to each one of you. I'm going to go around. And we're going to go kind of clockwise. Avon, uh-huh. um, this is going to be, and don't fucking hurt your brain doing this because oh, I, I'm not going to try to hurt my brain, but. What would the name of your book be? My book. Mm-hmm, that you write. If you wrote a book, what would your book, book name be? Well, let's see, now Now that you said not to hurt my brain on it, that's like really hard. Just first thing that comes to your, like what, what don't think too hard about Juniper it. Juniper Milk. Juniper Milk. Okay. By Aaron Sounds Aramosio. like a book already. <laughs> Juniper Milk? Yeah. Okay. Milk. M A L K. Yeah, why not? Okay. Right. I want people to pronounce it like that. Jennifer Malk. Jennifer Malk. Oddly more sexual than before. Right? <laughs> right? Clint. It's just about like how to make bonsai trees or something. Uh, intellectual fart. Mm. I like mm. it. Mm. Very mm. good. It's a good pastime. I feel like that's what every office at a university smells like. It's intellectual farts. <laughs> by Clint Gro. As re- oh, by the way, um, another just before. Uh, sorry, we'll get to Henry. Go and then I got one more thing to say about some shit. <laughs> Henry, what would your book be? My book would be called "How to Drink, Smoke Weed, Crash on Couches, and Get Everything You Ever Wanted." Yeah, nice. Dude, you'd probably oh. sell a lot more than both of us. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Crash on oh, no, the okay. intellectual. Yeah, everything you're right. Ever probably would be a lot of universities. It's an etiquette, yeah. it's an etiquette and advice book. I'm, t- I'm looking at bestsellers. <laughs> bestsellers. I'm just like one of, those, one of those random books you find in like the back bookshop. 
All right, I think mine would have to be called something like this. Something like this? Yeah. Nice. That almost yeah. got me right there. Like I know, like right? This. See? Wait, what? <laughs> that's like something my band. Like something like that's what? That's like my band. Like it's called Not That Cool. Yeah. Hi, guys. We're Not That Cool. I like that. That's <laughs> fucking... So, yeah. Something like that's this. That's great. I like that. Um, I like and then all those. The one last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to plug it because I fucking love... I love the dude. Um, mm. Go... Listen to LeVar Burton reads. Yes, I, he has yeah, a podcast I, I would where that. he reads stories. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, butterfly. And it's LeVar Burton. It's it's rainbow reading high. continued almost, obviously without the visual, but it's great. Like that, I found a lot of cool fucking authors. Rainbow. <laughs> but so anybody I'm listening to you, Jordan? Yeah, clearly you're the only one. These fucking animals. No, these <laughs> assholes over here. No, they're not. They're just we've we we're hitting that hour and a half mark where everything gets like a little blurry. It's okay, but that's my last little thought is and recommendation is go listen to LeVar Burton Reads. It's an awesome podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes. and It's LeVar Burton reading stories, too. What else do you want? Okay. I also have to ob- obligatory shout out all of the yeah. great English teachers I've had because <laughs> I, I did claim fuck all English teachers, so shout out to Mrs. Del Martini, to Whoa. Mr. Whitman, to Mr. Huddle, and Mrs. Huff. You guys were awesome. Don't forget Mike Laura. And oh, no, Mike Laura. To be fair, yeah, no. you might have been saying all British teachers. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, so fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. You guys are good. You juicy little tater. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Bender, thank you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Episode 5 in the books. Episode 6. It's always alive. Coming up.